Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Everything Sequel Podcast. This is a pitch a sequel segment for the Desperado series. I'm just calling it Desperado, Tom. <laughs> My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, of course, pitch master himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hello, Tom. And in walks the biggest Mexican I have ever seen. Big as shit. Just walks right in like he owns the place. And nobody knew quite what to make of him or quite what to think. <laughs> nice. I wanted to bring us back to better times. Yes. In this series. Because we just did Once Upon a Time in Mexico. For those of you who are for some reason skipping that episode to, <laughs> to get to this one. And it was. We did not uh, have was, a good time watching that It was that tough movie. going. Well, I had a good time talking to you about it, but uh, yeah, I did but not have a movie. good time remembering the movie. Yeah. And as we know, as we've discussed, the best thing that happens in either of these movies happens in the first scene of Desperado. So, right. Uh, so there we go. There's a quote from that that scene from from my generation's Peter Laurie, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> America's treasure. Beyond that. He's fucking great. Anonymous 9-11 firefighter, by the way. Yeah. Didn't even use that to big himself up. What a guy. Agreed. Great Khrushchev. (laughs) (laughs) By the way. (laughs) So, Tom, we're here to pitch a sequel. Yeah. To this series, <laughs> to me, there are two interesting questions. Okay. First question, how the fuck do you come up with a title? <laughs> yes, yes, that was a question I had to, I agonized over. And second question, what the fuck do you do with one more sequel to mm. this yeah. series? I think I gave away my answer earlier on one of our episodes, maybe the Desperado episode, but yeah, I'm curious to know whether or not we did the exact same thing, because it feels like it's the only thing to do that makes sense, but... Yeah, I mean, you have you have the advantage of an of a eight-year gap between the second and third movie, where there seems to be a great movie <laughs> in the making... Right. That you glimpse uh, in flashback, um, but are frustratingly not seeing in real time. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a very logical way to go. And I think I've gone with, you'll you'll be happy to know we haven't overlapped there. Um, Okay. For for me, if you have gone that way. Um, Indeed I have. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know like, why. I don't know why I'm skirting around the issue. Yeah. It's this this. I, uh, but I've gone with what I think is the other logical route. I I gave what I would consider a noble effort to trying to do something after Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And because that movie is such a narrative mess, I just... Because that movie chooses to do what it does, it's Hmm. so hard to do something with the character of El Mariachi. I just... I kept hitting roadblocks. Here's a question for you. This is something we didn't talk about. Do you think it was designed to kill the franchise? Ooh. Is it a Gremlins 2 situation where... <laughs> although we agreed that that was probably bullshit. Yeah. You could see you could see a world in which Joe Dante is like, I want to make sure there's nothing after this. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly left it all on the table. Yeah, right, exactly. The, there's nothing left in the tank. Well, it, it, that does, just that, does that theory ring true or, or not? It doesn't feel like Robert Rodriguez to me. <laughs> what, director of Spy Kids 4? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean... And, and and if that was the idea in his head, it seems like he would be more definitive. That yeah, he Mariachi would... Mariachi would have died, or... <laughs> You're totally right. You're, I've, I, you've already disproved my hypothesis <laughs> by saying that, because at the end of Desperado he alludes to the fact that there will be another sequel. <laughs> yeah, right. We might want to keep the guitar. Um, so, yeah, you're right. There would be some reference to it in the movie, I think. I don't think you get any... They don't mess around with that kind of... Yep, Spy Kids... I was just... I was, like, doubting the existence of Spy Kids 4D, but it does exist. Oh, no, it exists. Yeah. <laughs> I was, for a second, I was like, did I just did I just slight this guy by saying there's a Spy Kids 4? But there's only a Spy Kids 4, it's Spy Kids 4D. It's 4D. <laughs> I could have told You're right, you he's not the kind of man who knows when to stop. That. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, that's an interesting posed question, but... I mean, as we discussed, I don't know what Robert Rodriguez was thinking when he made Once Upon a Time in well, Mexico. We'll never know. And I'm just never going to know, I don't think. But No, we'll never know. And it's funny we because... We don't even know what Johnny Depp's thinking in the movie, so yeah, right. why the fuck would we know what the director And what's interesting to thinking? me is that monetarily and critically... He has no reason to go back and look at that movie as anything other than a success. Yeah. Correct. Because I was about to say I'd like to know what he thinks of that movie now, but 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, $98.7 million total against a budget of $29 million. He doesn't have a reason to go back and look at that movie as anything other than a success, which is bizarre to me. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't... Because how I come at this from pitching a sequel is... Like, the reason I wanted to do a sequel after it was just to try and fix it. And it's not... It's You can't fix it. <laughs> he broke it. Yeah. 
So that's why I had to go where I went, and I want the story in between, because in within this movie, the flashback, that there's a good movie in there. <laughs> this looks great. This is better than whatever you're watching, for sure, every time it appears. All right. What was what was the title of your of You your want me sequel? to do mine first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Uh so I went down what for me seems like the other logical route to doing a uh let's say Rodriguez and or Tarantino universe style sequel. Mm-hmm. My pitch of my movie, sorry. <laughs> Let's just assume they want to make it. My movie is called... Oh, jeez. <laughs> this... Now, this is something. I don't know whether this is the best thing I've ever done or the worst. It's possibly both. I'll tell you. The Chronicles of Dick Gun. Colon. A Mexico trilogy story. <laughs> okay, wait. Say it again. <laughs> The Chronicles of Dick Gun. Wow. Colon, a Mexico trilogy story. No, it's great. <laughs> That's a fucking great well, title. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Again, I'm feeling that we're not the best barometers for each other <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> so, have you ever seen a movie called The Red Violin? Yeah. For those of you who haven't... Sam Jackson? So yeah, it's a it's an anthology movie, episodic movie where about a violin that gets passed from person to person from generation to generation. He lists that as one of his top 5 movies he ever did. Sam Jackson? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Said but that yeah. on Colbert like last week. Yeah, it's a good good movie. So the narrative principle of that movie but also speaking to the fact that characters names brands appear in tend to appear in the rodriguez tarantino canon more than once mm -hmm. and i'm focusing on the dick gun which clearly we, we <laughs> <laughs> which is i mean i don't need to explain i explained it perfectly it's a dick gun it's a it's a it's a belt you put on and there's a gun that's a dick is this and, how it gets into uh well it's owned so we see it owned by el mariachi right in desperado but he doesn't reveal how he came into ownership of it in 1996 is from dust till dawn let me double check that mm, i was gonna say 94 or 5 Oh no, 96. not 1996. Yeah, so it's at post Desperado. Oh, yeah. uh, Tom Tom Savini's Sex Machine has a dick has the dick gun. Right. I'm just gonna assume that there's only one of these things, okay? Because it's just better <laughs> right. for the story. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, it just could be manufactured. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the same <laughs> dick gun. Let's assume it's the same dick gun. No, but yeah, I love I love where you're going. But but I'm going to do a red violin on this, and I'm taking it back to, you know, I'm going to look at it this historically. And so we begin uh, in another franchise crossover, 
at the uh, 1804 duel between uh, Vice President Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton, (laughs) where it is revealed that the way that Aaron Burr got the drop on Alexander Hamilton was... Wow. A a Benjamin... (laughs) A Benjamin Franklin invented... (laughs) Dick Gun. And... So he, so he killed, well, Alexander Hamilton. So basically, I want to peel off some of that Hamilton money, right? Uh, clearly. I want to get the people who are willing to pay $200 a ticket to watch a Def Jam poetry version of Drunk History, right? <laughs> watch it on Comedy Central, guys. It's the same thing. Um, good Key and Peel sketch equals Hamilton. There you go. We've lost all our listeners. Um... <laughs> Both of them? <laughs> Both key. But now we have Key and Peel, so we're back. There we're even. Right. Um, uh, so, so anyway, so Dick Gunn is used there. Aaron Burr's like, uh, I got to get this out of here. <laughs> yeah, you got to go. So he gives it to his, what do they call it? His first, the guy, who, whoever the guy is in the duel that, you know, gives you the gun. And there's another guy. When you duel, there's another guy. Standing there helping. Yeah, you. second. You get... Second, sorry. Yes, that makes more sense. The second guy is called a second, not a first. That's that's <laughs> that's some good fact checking there, Mike. Um, <laughs> and then you know, then he so then he goes off. He is uh, he settles on the western frontier later in his life, still with the dick gun. Um, he own he becomes the owner of a brothel. And he keeps the dick gun. And so we're into another story set you on the Western Front. you got to keep the dick gun when you start a brothel. Right. Uh, where, That's just common sense. Well, one, one of the women who work as prostitutes in the brothel is killed by, like, a psychotic rapist guy. And when he comes back, uh, one of the prostitutes gets the drop on him by using the dick gun against him. So that's so we got two we've got two uh, two episodes of it so far. I'm not gonna do I'm not I'm not gonna do all the episodes. I'm gonna show you basically what this movie's gonna be like. How many episodes are there? There's quite a few. What's a, wow. a two hour? How many you get in a two hour movie? Um, World War One is the next thing. It's the son of the prostitute <laughs> who now has the dick gun. She gives it to him as an heirloom. He uses it to lure a gay German general into a sting operation and then kill him. So blah, 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 blah. Eventually it ends up in Al Mariachi's hands and then Sex Machine's hands and we're going to figure out how that all happens. So so that's, a, that's like, a sense of... That's like the first... I'd say that's like the first 45 minutes of the movie um, nailed down and we'll... Wait, it's not the whole movie? No. Because we've got to go from World War One to like the 1990s. So it's oh, like, but... in, insert your own dick gun episode here. It can be like um, Casino Royale. I mean, not a spoof movie. Like, it'd be, you, can, you, you can have different directors. You can have different uh, story. You know, you can have different directors doing different segments. It can be like Four Rooms, but good. 
Yeah, we're but we but we're 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 just the separated stories. You made it sound like we're gonna get from our initial uh, Dick Gun Hamilton, yeah, to Sex Machine yeah. in forty-five minutes. And no, then there's no. more movie after that. No, no, no. Sorry, I, what I meant to say: the first forty-five minutes of the movie is like leading up to say World War One. Okay. And basically, I'm giving you a pitch in the form of like a half hour of the movie, like a like a the first, you know, the, I give you the first three stories, and then the rest hopefully writes itself. Well, I mean, you you're actually giving a pitch as opposed to plot by plot point by plot point describing your whole fucking. Yeah, movie. I also can't think of how to integrate it into World War Two and the sexual revolution as yet. You think I would be able to, but that seems like a natural fit, so to speak. Yeah, except hippies wouldn't want to use the dick gun on each other. I think you win. <laughs> I should just say that up front. Cause I, I think w- it is something that knowing that Machete kills and Machete in space are things that exist in the Rodriguez canon, mm-hmm. I don't think this is too far out of whack. I don't think so either. And it seemed to me that this was... Because you know this what I This is a do. recurring character in the movies. Yeah. In I, his movies. I, I, I'm, a, I'm always trying to find a good narrative fit. And I just want to go back to the story we didn't see. Yeah, and that's it. But that's My but movie, that's the other that's the other potential, right? Yeah, and and that's all I want for but this what is series. It called? It's called El Pistolero. Oh, great! And it's great. So in between Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, you have El Pistolero. He has mm. put his guitar case away. He is married. He has a child. And we got to find a different General Marquez because that guy, maybe it's not the actor's fault, but, but I mean, I just, he was. I think that was key grip Jesus Rodriguez yeah, right. in shades exactly. and a cap. <laughs> I've just never seen anybody that... Uh, was less intimidating for me. <laughs> but what I like is this idea just it should of... have just been a lamp with a with a with a uniform on mm-hmm. would have been the same, right? Same effect. So, well, let me ask you this cuz cuz to me this movie can go in one of two places. One, half the movie is sort of not maybe not half, but uh, at least a third of the movie is just sort of building the life, this new life that El Mariachi, El Pistolero has yeah. with his wife and child, and then the general shows up. Mm-hmm. Or that happens at the beginning. Like, that's the cold open. Well, that but depends. Do you, like you want to make a Twilight movie? Do you want to make a Twilight movie, or do you want to make a... <laughs> Uh, like an efficient, an efficient thriller. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're you've got to make that choice. <laughs> I, I okay. Then you've answered my question for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of setting up their life, and then he comes in. It's even in the Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I don't like that idea of the you know it's that machismo thing oh yeah i mean look 
this guy already left her. So then seeing her again and saying, no, you can't have anybody. Like, he already left her once. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much sense that makes. No, I yeah, I agree with you completely. So you have to fix that hole. And to yes. me, was there anything in Once Upon a Time in Mexico of... of you could she's... stop that. Stop that. That's a good. That's still a good question. Carry on. Well, was there anything? That's a great question. Was there anything? Was there anything? What was the reason? Do you remember the reason why she was it that she said she would never have kids, or what? Why did they leave each other? She and the general. Do you remember that? I don't remember a reason being given. All right. <laughs> that's, that's all I have. <laughs> my, my idea, my idea was, he does happen upon them. He does see her. Yeah. But he's not that machismo, angry piece of shit. That just to me, I that that doesn't interest me. Right. What does interest me is the idea of he recognizes El Pistolero. He's a wanted man still mm-hmm. officially. Mm-hmm. And he could use his government job to get him out of the way and then he'd have his woman. Mm. This is an idea of a bad person doing a bad thing, but in a way that is more emotionally honest. Mm-hmm. So I liked that idea. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. And so what you have is this idea of I'm sorry I have to do this. I'm I I work for the government. He's wanted by the law. Mm-hmm. If you ever cared for me at all, you would not do that. We have a child. Meanwhile, there's that that pull between she and her husband of don't become that man again. Yeah. You know, he's looking at the guitar case. You Mm -hmm. leave it where it is. Yeah. So that by the end of the movie, she does die, the child dies, but her dying wish is for him to not become El Pistolero again. Now, the only bad thing is, of course, he's going to become that, but to become that in this mess of a movie that follows. But that's not my fault. That's <laughs> that's Once Upon a Time in Mexico's fault. The the, the Lando Calrissian of this franchise. Yeah. But that's the fault? pitch. El Pistolero. Yeah, it's great. It's very, very, get, very get, solid we, pitch. We get the I mean, in-between story. The in-between story... Um, I'm going I'm to go out on a limb and say you could probably afford to do more retconning and everyone would thank you. <laughs> right. You could, you're being very faithful to the chronology of the series. Yeah. Um, I think you could throw in the fact that the child's not really dead and all those things that I really thought they were going to... Because I assume that right. the, all, all the flash, that the flashback sequences in Once Upon a Time in Mexico would have some bearing on the movie. Right. So for me, it seemed and obvious, that even though it would have been ripping off Kill Bill. Like, Not even mass- for him emotionally. Yeah. 
Or, it would or have been ripping so, off Kill barely. Bill if the kid was still alive. Yeah. Or she was still alive, or both. But I think you can afford to even mess with that plot point, given that it has no significance on the next movie. I mean, they could literally... They could be alive somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it Which still it... wouldn't matter. Right. And, <laughs> and that, that could be... Does the... it, all that does is set up a sequel for After Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, and you'd have to make that too. Right. And Robert Rodriguez would be like, great, two more two more movies to drain out of this franchise. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Narratively, though, and, you know, again, not my fault that Once Upon a Time in Mexico is Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But the idea of him becoming El Pistolero again and sinking into that hole again is narratively yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because well, we... We wouldn't really talk about where he starts out in in. Once I was just upon, gonna say in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, uh, partly because again has no bearing on the movie on the story. Um, but he's in a pretty good place at the beginning. He is. He's playing his guitar but again. But what's interesting is he's found his guitar, he's rediscovered he's his making community. guitars. Yeah, and until his one of his community gets shot in the face by Danny Trejo, things are and good. then he has to pull his. His small uh, shotgun handgun out of his guitar. <laughs> yeah. Because it was there all along. Right. Which would make narrative sense for my story, too. Yes, that, it would. You know, that that he, he, he fell into a hole, climbed back out, but the, but the darkness is still there. And I kind and and, you know, I, since we've not said many nice things about Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I like the starting point there. For him. Um, mainly because I, you know, I know how big a Stallone had Robert Rodriguez in, and it felt like Rambo three with the monks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but but it, but it yeah, all would make sense if her dying all... <laughs> wish was for him to not become that man again. But he does. He does just to avenge her, and then climbs back out. And and it's kind of like makes a you know you could end the movie with a vow of I'm not gonna ever do this again. And then maybe watch him seal maybe the last shot is him yeah, sealing yeah. that that gun inside that guitar. Yeah, wow, you have that's some m- good shit. There are more good ideas in that pitch than the whole of Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, Robert Rodriguez, are you listening? You have two ideas here. Two, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm Both not padding. I'm not pa- just made. patting us on the back for the sake of it. These no, are yeah. two movies. Both of these movies should get made. If Machete Kills in Space can, can even be in development, I don't think that movie will ever be made. But it's if that can even be in development, then so can the Chronicles of Dick Gun, a Mexico trilogy story, and Absolutely. El Pistolero, the movie that on once once upon a time in Mexico could have been. Absolutely. It could have all. You could also. Here's an alternate title for you. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time before in Mexico. Mm. Or just call it Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Let the audience choose which one is the real movie. <laughs> <laughs> because at least what tw- <laughs> trying to do the numbers here. At least thirty-four percent of people would yeah, prefer right. your movie. Well, 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 like my movie. You've already got thirty-four percent of the film-going public on your side. 
And it's just going to go up from there when they see what oh, a solid great. craftsman-like job you have done on what is frankly an abomination of cinematic <laughs> storytelling. It's such a mess. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you can tell us. We like both these ideas, but you tell us which one you prefer. What should Robert Rodriguez make? Uh, you're going to have to tell me. Your <laughs> you're not doing my pitch any favors here by consistently right. not remembering the title. I didn't write it down. The Chronicles of Dick the Chronicles. Gun. Okay, I couldn't remember the Chronicles. The Chronicles of Dick Gunn, colon... A Mexico trilogy story. A Mexico story. trilogy story. Or El Pistolero. You let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everything sequel. Can you imagine if you're pitching com. to an executive and they turn like they go in the middle of talking, like giving you feedback? They go, "What was it called again?" You'd yeah. be like, "Oh, well, they're not making this movie, oh, are they?" I'll, I'll, I'll take. My I'll let myself you. out. Thank you. <laughs> Can I take a pastry on my way out the door, please? Thank you. Is that orange juice, like, free for everyone? Or... <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Huh. Stay tuned. We're going to be coming at you. Should we tell them where we're going next, Tom, or leave Ooh. it a secret? Oh, I think gi- I think we can give them a clue because... Given the given the source material, I think it makes sense to keep it a secret. <laughs> Very good. I like that. You should already know, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll have a new series for you next week. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. You'll be hearing us next week. Say goodbye, Tom. I'm living la vida loca. Take care, everyone.